just talking about when I would see Derek come home from his corporate job and I saw how drained he was and that he saw he had no energy left to really put into anything because he wasn't enjoying his work. So I think if you can talk about it in terms of what's possible in the, in the future and how things can be better and setting goals, I think that's helpful as opposed to just, I don't know, complaining in the moment. If you can kind of connect on that level of what's possible down the road. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us today is a special guest. We have Carrie Olson from a couple of places. It's uh, CarrieOlsonVO.com. And we got a, a cool uh, little link that we're going to share with you later. But Carrie, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be on your show, Jared. Well, I'm a big fan of you and also your husband, Derek. And the two of you also have DerekandCarrie.com, which is a site that you two have been working on and doing for a while. And then, of course, we're going to talk some more about the Carrie Olson VO. People are like, hey, what's going on with that? So <laughs> you have more than one site. But uh, Carrie, it's, this is a long time coming because I've been meaning to talk to you and your husband, Derek. And uh, we were going to do a show when your book came out last year. Mm-hmm. And then you were on the road and then uh, things happened. And, and I, I don't know, it just didn't happen as soon as I wanted it to. So I'm thrilled that we get a chance to talk. I know. Today. I'm so glad we finally <laughs> made it happen. I'm sad Derek's not here, though. Oh, that's okay. We let the record reflect that we we both love Derek, so <laughs> that's all good. But the book I'm referring to is the One Bed One Bank Account book, which I definitely think everybody should check out if they haven't already. That's that's a great book. And wanted to talk to you real quickly about life in the Olson household, where it was to where it is now. So let, let's start with where it was. <laughs> so can you kind of tell people that don't know about you and your husband and don't know what you're up to, don't know anything, they don't have no frame of reference. What was life like for you a while back? And then let's talk about where you are now. Sounds good. So actually, our five-year wedding anniversary is coming up this week. And uh, so I'll go back to five years ago when we first got married. Derek and I were both working corporate jobs. I was working in HR. He was actually working for Bluebell Ice Cream. He was a territorial sales manager. And neither of us felt totally fulfilled in what we were doing in our work, as I know a lot of your audience can relate to but kind of just trucking along and didn't necessarily see an out for either of us. I actually brought in a house to our relationship that was in danger of being foreclosed on. And that's kind of where the book One Bed, One Bank Account was born. It's kind of our story of going through that almost foreclosure. We ended up doing a short sale just early, early on in our marriage and kind of what that did for our relationship. And ultimately what happened was in dealing with all of this financial chaos, Derek realized that he loves this idea of not just, you know, talking about personal finance, but specifically what it does for a relationship. So he, we looked at our finances really closely and saw that we could live off of my salary for at least a year. We kind of put this plan in place and we were like, okay, we can live off of my salary and Derek's going to just quit his job. He didn't do the the quote unquote smart thing and start on the side. <laughs> he quit his job with nothing and just plunged headfirst into starting this new business, doing some financial coaching. And it took us a few years to really find our footing in that. Uh, but we were able to survive off of my salary until we started bringing in a little bit more. And like you mentioned, our, our book, One Bed, One Bank Account came out this year and we went on a book tour. So our life looks very different now than it did five years ago. I want to pause there, Carrie, because there are some people that are listening, and this is myself included, where we've had ideas and we think, okay, I, I'm going to make this move. And, and you and your husband have been through that. 
what advice do you have for the person who's listening to saying, hey, I want to get my spouse on board with this thing that, that I really feel is a good thing? You know, I think for us, just talking about when I would see Derek come home from his corporate job and I saw how drained he was and that he saw he had no energy left to really put into anything because he wasn't enjoying his work. So I think if you can talk about it in terms of what's possible in the, in the future and how things can be better and setting goals, I think that's helpful as opposed to just, I don't know, complaining in the moment. If you can kind of connect on that level of what's possible down the road. And then also I would advise actually to really take a close look at your budget and see what you can afford to do, how risk averse you are, and maybe even consider the whole starting a business on the side first, which we also have experience in that from my story. But yeah, I think that those are big. I mean, communication is huge. So yeah, I would just start there. (laughs) All right. Well said. I got an opportunity to hang out with your husband last year in New Orleans, and that was at the FinCon event down there. And I remember he was talking about, we're going to go across the country. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. And the next thing I know, you know, fast forward a few months, it's totally true. Like you and your husband and your little one are going across the country. So let's talk about that. Like, how do you go from, okay, we've got the, you know, we got the jobs and now Derek's left and he's starting this business. And now, hey, let's just go and tour the country. Well, we're a little bit crazy. Um, (laughs) Our daughter was under one year old when we, well, it was right after she turned one, days after she turned one that we left on our big trip. But, you know, I think that the whole entrepreneurship journey was a kind of a trigger for us where we realized our lives don't have to fit inside like a box or at least like the expected box. And so we were like, man, we don't, we don't have regular jobs. Like we could do anything we want. We're kind of location independent. And I think both of us are kind of motivated by wanting to avoid future regret. So we'd rather risk something now just so that later we don't have to look back and say, man, could we have done that? So it started off as this kind of, you know, like when you talked to Derek a year ago and it was just this weird abstract idea. And then the more we talked about it, it became more and more real. He put up a map on our wall with, of the United States and put a picture of our car with a travel trailer on it. <laughs> in the middle of the map in, in Missouri, which is where we live. And the more we thought about it, the more we thought this is actually doable. And the next thing we knew, we were getting rid of our stuff, selling stuff, bought a travel trailer, and all of a sudden, <laughs> we're living on the road. <laughs> all right. So yeah, and yes, you were. And I love it because next thing you know, I'm seeing pictures and you're driving up the West Coast. So let's talk about some of the cool places that you got to visit when you started your little uh, journey across the country. Yeah, We went to so many places that I had never been before. We did a big loop of basically the the West Coast. We started in Missouri. We went down to Oklahoma, uh, went to Texas, and then went west to San Diego and went all the way up the, the coast to Washington and then went back east and ended up going back down through. Uh, we hit up North Dakota, Wyoming, and eventually came back down and circled back to Missouri. And, um, Man, San Francisco. I absolutely loved San Francisco. I'd never been before. We walked for hours around San Francisco. The Oregon coast was amazing. We went to the scene where the Goonies movie was filmed. That was absolutely magical. So loved that. And our little daughter, she wasn't walking yet at the time. And she loved the beach. We have pictures of her just crawling around on the sand. So that was incredible. And then we had to stop like right in the center of California Angels Camp, California, tiny, tiny little town. But it was like a mixture between the scenery from The Sound of Music, 
and I don't know, like an old Western, like it was just, it was absolutely amazing. So the opposite of San Francisco, but equally as beautiful. So, Carrie, I happen to know that this trip wasn't all fun and roses. You definitely had some little hiccups along the way. So uh, what were some of the fun challenges that you ran into on this trip? Okay, so, yeah, we leave Kansas City and we are on cloud nine. We're thinking we did it. We have like we've gamed the system. We figured out the secret to like (laughs) life happiness. And so we're going down the road. We're in this new car that we well, it's not new, but a car we bought for the trip. We've got this travel trailer we bought. You know, we're quote unquote, homeowners, we, we own our house <laughs> and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden something like pops in the car, we start to see smoke. And this is on day one, we're I think two hours outside of where we started. And we have to pull over on the side of the road. Long story short, we end up having to get towed both our car and the trailer to some place. We, Derek and I, he tells the story. Great. He says, picture him, me and our, our little daughter in a stroller. I'm one of us is pulling a suitcase behind our back. We're walking down the street of <laughs> El Dorado, Kansas on the sidewalk. Oh, no. We look homeless and we walk to like a motel eight and we, we go from like the highest high of our lives to the lowest low. <laughs> and this is on day one. So that happened. It turns out it, it ended up being something small. So we were able to fix it and keep going. But that like left a seed of doubt in both of our minds as we're, you know, the rest of the trip, we're like, oh my gosh, what a fix the car, you know, dies again, which it hasn't yet. But yeah, that was that was one of the lowest lows. And then just surviving period on the road. We for some reason thought we were going to be able to do as much work on the road as we were able to do at home, which is just not the case. And especially when you have a daughter, you spend so much of your time just traveling. And then we have to trade off time because we can't, you know, we don't know anyone in these cities. So we're not getting Mm -hmm. babysitters. So that was a huge challenge. And we were actually able to do a lot less than what we had planned on, but we just had to adjust as we went. Well, still, you had an amazing <laughs> trip. Again, I've, I've seen the pictures and yeah, as you mentioned, some of the highlights, I know it was incredible. And uh, even with the, the funky start there, I love that story. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is you'd mentioned earlier that you were doing the HR thing and then Derek was starting this business. And, and then we just transitioned to talking about how you were able to take this amazing trip and some of the cool places you got to go to. But but how do you go from an HR job to all of a sudden being able to just pick up and go? Obviously, there's something that we're missing here. So what, fill us in on what what happened. Yeah, this might be my favorite part of the story because it, it is kind of what enabled us to get on the road and to go. So I, like you said, was working in HR. And actually, after that, I switched to another job that was similar to HR. I was doing training. And I actually really liked my job. So I was one of the fortunate corporate people who actually enjoyed it. But the problem was when I had my daughter, I was working, you know, at least 50 hour weeks. And when I went back to work, it just wasn't working for me anymore. I really wanted to be at home more with my daughter and to, you know, be with Derek. I had this long commute that was ridiculous. So I just really started to feel like I needed a change and didn't really know what was possible. I didn't even, wasn't really looking, but I am a podcaster. Derek and I have our our podcast um, yep. over at DerekandCarrie.com. And we both love listening to podcasts. And one day on my commute, I turned on a, a random podcast I'd never listened to before. And it was an interview of a lady who does something called voice acting, which I'd never even heard of. And after listening to the interview, I was so inspired by this new career that I 
learned about and she was able to do it from home and and us being podcasters already we had equipment like I had experience behind a microphone so I actually just bought a coaching session from her her name is Allison Steele and started getting some lessons and within 3 weeks of getting coaching lessons from her I booked my first voiceover job and that's where things just really kind of turned around for us and I started booking work regularly and so much so that after 4 months I'd replaced my day job income. And Derek and I kind of looked at each other and said, let's do this. Let's, you know, take another leap. And uh, I quit my job and started doing voiceover full time. Wow. And yeah, so and you've pointed out and this is actually on your site, CarrieOlsonVO.com. You've worked with clients like REI, Taco Bell, Bank of America, BNSF, Railway Bear. So how do you go from just a coaching session and then four months replacing your income? That, that just sounds like it's too good to be true. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I totally am aware that that is a crazy story and I wouldn't believe it if it didn't happen to me. But, you know, obviously having the equipment at home already and having experience behind a microphone was helpful. Having great coaching was absolutely essential. I listened back to my first auditions that I was doing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I submitted those. So having, you know, coaching helped. But then also I'm kind of a, (laughs) <laughs> the way that I talk about talk about with my husband is that I'm ferocious when I put my mind to something. So mm. I was auditioning constantly. I, I would come home from work and I would audition. And that meant staying up really late. And this is with, you know, a one, you know, she was, wasn't even one at the time. This is with a newborn at home. And I would just audition as much as possible. And I was getting that practice in. And then on the weekends, I was auditioning a ton. And it really just paid off that with the coaching, because I did book that REI, a national REI spot really early on. And my coaching helped me to be able to handle myself in that situation. So walking into this professional recording studio for the first time and didn't want to look like an idiot. And I actually did feel comfortable. I felt prepared for that. And I actually still book work with a lot of those clients that I got back, you know, when I first got started. So I had to have been doing something right as far as the training I was getting. Sure. So do you say podcasting in a way kind of prepared you to be able to be in a position to take these types of jobs or have the opportunity to get these kind of opportunities, I guess. Absolutely. Podcasting was huge in so many ways, not just in that that's how I learned about it, but it even lowered the barrier to entry. I didn't have to buy any equipment. I had a microphone. I had a home studio. I knew how to edit audio. So I just had that definitely had an edge for getting in. And I think it helped me to be able to do more auditions too, because I could get them done done quicker. And they were higher quality than a lot of people when they first get started as far as the audio. So that was really helpful. So naturally the good word gets out, Carrie. People are starting to figure out Carrie is doing voiceover work and you're having cool success with it. And people are saying, Hey, I want to know, I want to, I want to learn more about this. I want to And now you're in a position to be able to share that advice and you're actually doing that in the form of webinars and workshops. So can we talk about that for a bit? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) It kind of was a, such a fast thing where I went from, wait, you're working in this, you know, corporate job and now you're doing voiceover full time. So naturally, like you said, people just started asking, like, how do I get started? And, you know, with, uh, coming from a training background and especially online training, you know, my first thought that comes to mind is I could disseminate this information a lot faster if I had, you know, a platform online to do it instead of, you know, one-on-one lunches and coffee dates with all these people. And, you know, it's like, I could just put it out there one time. And so that's what I'm doing. I have a webinar that I'm, I'm calling the secrets of voiceover success, how to make money as a voice actor. And 
I've got a few sessions of that that I'm doing and it'll then I'll have a, a course that I'll be uh, putting together also that is just everything that I've learned in the last year that helped me to go from zero to full time in such a short amount of time. And I think that that's important because the voiceover industry has changed so much. I think that it's valuable to get information from someone who has done it recently because it looks a lot different than it did 10 years ago. And I think that there's a value in getting coaching and advice from veteran voice actors that, hey, isn't it cool too, just to see like, wow, you did this within the last year. Show me how this works today, right now. Wow. And so you are going to put together some a series of webinars and some workshops and some things to help people that are interested in that. And so let's talk about one of the upcoming opportunities that you have. So you, you've got, as you mentioned, this webinar that's coming up. How can people sign up for that? How can they find out about it? They can go to my website. There's carrieolsonvo.com. And if you do uh, slash secrets, that will take you straight to the registration page. And there are four sessions to choose from. I've got two morning and two evening, I believe. See a 10 a.m., a 1 a.m., a 3 and a 7 p.m. on a Wednesday and Thursday. So hopefully there's something there that'll work for you. I wanted to, to make it as accessible as possible. So that's one way to find out about it. I'm also on Facebook if you search Carrie Olson voiceover. And I have a question about these auditions. What What's an audition like? You said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm up late at night working on auditions. What does that mean? So basically when there's a voice seeker, a client who needs a voiceover job done, so you're REI and you have a radio campaign that you need done, you'll put the specs out there for what you're looking for, male, female, whatever, you know, if there's a certain type of sound that you're looking for. And then the script and you'll, there are several ways that that can get sent out. So you might give it to an agent and have the agent send the specs to voiceover talent that meet those specs, or it might be through a casting site and it might just be on your own. You might go to websites and just look for different voiceovers, voice actors who meet your criteria and send them that script. And then you as the voice actor would take that, the specs and the script and record it from your home studio or studio, whatever, wherever it is that you record and, you know, record a snippet of it and send it back to the client. And that way they can kind of go through all of these auditions that they're getting back and choose the voice that they want to use for their campaign. Now, when they choose whoever it is that they want, are they having that person then redo that or is the audition, you know, the final? Yeah, the normally you will do it again, but I have um, had several times where I've been booked straight from my audition and the client says, your audition read is actually perfect. You don't need to do anything else. And those are the best because you're basically getting paid just to audition. But yeah, the what normally would happen is they would say this was great because I usually won't do the whole read in an audition unless it's really, really short. But, so they'll say, this was great. You're hired. And at that point, I would record the whole thing. Sometimes they want it to be done directed, which means that you would either connect with your client either over Skype or some other kind of connection like that, or in person if they're local, and they would actually say, okay, read, you're in the same room or booth and you can hear each other and they're directing you. But most of the time, especially in the online nature that, that voiceover has gone over the past few years, you're just doing these reads on your own. You record them on your own, which is why sometimes I'm up late doing them. You edit them and then you send them back to your client. Carrie, I love this for so many reasons because you and I are friends with just so many podcasters mm -hmm. that they, they're podcasting their hearts out and they love it, but it's not necessarily something that's bringing in a lot of income or, or if any. And now you found a way to take 
a skill that a lot of our friends have developed. And this could be something that they create that little side hustle or, or maybe, you know, that's something that is more than that. And you're going to be able to to share some different things that you've learned. And that will be helpful for people to take what they already know and, and potentially make, you know, create some new opportunities from that. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about doing the webinar because uh, voiceover is absolutely, I can't emphasize enough how, how much it's changed our lives and how great it's been for us. So I'm really excited to share that. And like you said, especially with people who are already podcasting and maybe want to take those skills and just tweak it a little bit to try and, and uh, break into this new industry. Okay. So is there, have you seen the light? Is there no turning back now? Like you're, you're only going up and uh, moving on up as the Jeffersons would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea. If things keep going the way they are, then yeah. I mean, I, I've done some national work. I do a lot of, you know, regional type work and you know, with internet videos, there's just, there's so many opportunities. So I'm doing that. My, I would love to eventually book a, you know, a huge national campaign. So that's kind of the, that's the dream. And, you know, a year in to voiceover, I'm not rushing it. So I'm not, you know, I'm not discouraged yet that that huge campaign hasn't happened yet, but we're loving it. And it's, it's supporting us and it's, it's great work. It really fits me well. So I think that's been another key. And I think that'll be, continue to be key for its longevity in our lives is, you know, as long as I'm enjoying doing it. And so far that's been the case. That's awesome. So I also hope that you're a voice on a, a Disney character down the road. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody knows you would love that for you. That, that would be pretty cool. Be but awesome. OK, can you give us a sample of like a, a voiceover, you know, something <laughs> something that you might say? There's, there's got to be something you can. Oh, give gosh. Us here. OK, well, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, you can actually hear these if you go to my website. But I um, <laughs> the REI campaign that I did last year, I, I did their whole winter campaign and Christmas. So their big thing was that like the sound of the sports and everything that that they kind of promote through their brand. So you'd hear something like, this is the sound of a wintry morning run. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> right. And then you have the sound effects come in and it's just kind of this whimsical, you know, and this is the sound of you know, the first night of the camping season. And you hear a tent to zip up and people chattering and a fire crackling. And then of course, at the end, there's the, the announcer part, like, Hurry, come to the pre-holiday sale at REI with all the different brands. So, uh, Okay, so let, let's do this, Carrie. I think this will be kind of funny. What's a website I could go to, maybe just read just a little bit of copy, and then you can harshly judge me on my, uh, <laughs> on my audition? If you go to edgestudio.com, I believe okay, it is. Studio.com. <laughs> I'm it right now. All right, so Carrie, I've got a little ad here. I think this is for... Clorox bleach. So I'm going to read this and you just tell me like it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Clorox bleach. You know, a toilet's favorite stain remover is Clorox bleach, but bleach doesn't stick to the side of the bowl where the stains hang out. That's why we created new Clorox bleach toilet bowl cleaner. Now with twice as much Clorox bleach in a gel that sticks to stubborn stains till they're gone. Leaves the bowl sparkling clean and sanitary too with a nice fresh scent. Mm. <laughs> new Clorox bleach toilet bowl cleaner, the bleach that sticks to stains. That was amazing. Yes. No, what Even I, if that's not true, you just made no, my no, day. No, <laughs> in all honesty, that was really good. I would definitely say that you have a potential career in voiceover. But what I loved oh, the most was the um, mm, yeah. in a toilet bowl, sure cleaner yeah, in a toilet bowl cleaner commercial. I'm sure that's how people really feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so work on that. All right. <laughs> I mean, I great look. for a McDonald's ad. 
<laughs> not for Clorox. Bleach. Not so much Talk for toilet bowl cleaner. Sides. Okay, duly noted. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. I appreciate that. So for people, who, again, who are, are wanting to check out more and they're saying, hey, I want to check this out. I think this is interesting. They can go to Carrie Olson. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-O-L-S-E-N, CarrieOlsonVO.com and backslash secrets. And that's where they can reserve their spot for your upcoming webinar. So, Carrie, uh, any final thoughts? Just thanks a lot for having me, Jared. This has been awesome. And I want to encourage you to um, continue those script reading skills. <laughs> uh, maybe not Clorox bleach, but yeah, Carrie, <laughs> thank you so much. And again, congratulations. It's, it's a rare situation where someone can say, hey, I, I was in this scenario. And then just in a few months, I was able to you know, work into something that I really enjoy and replace my full-time income. And so, Carrie, con- huge congratulations to you and Derek on that. And just thank you for being willing to share that story. Thank you so much. It's been great. You know, a toilet's favorite stain remover is Clorox bleach, but bleach doesn't stick to the side of the bowl where the stains hang out. That's why we created new Clorox bleach toilet bowl cleaner. Now with twice as much Clorox bleach in a gel that sticks to stubborn stains till they're gone. Leaves the bowl sparkling clean and sanitary too with a nice fresh scent. Mm. (laughs) New Clorox bleach toilet bowl cleaner, the bleach that sticks to stains. 